All right, how many of you in here are competitive? You would say, I'm pretty competitive. Okay. I'd actually, I'm curious, how many of you would say, I don't have a competitive bone in my body? Nice, Charlotte, yes. Okay, awesome. How many of you are really good trash talkers in here? I'm curious. It's a bunch of fellas. It's a bunch of gentlemen in here. All right, all right. I am not a good trash talker, okay? I get into, I'm very competitive, extremely competitive, but I will get into scenarios, whether it's in a soccer game or a volleyball game, and someone will get froggy with me and say something, and I get all kind of worked up, and I'm like, I need to say something. (laughs) And there's nothing there. And so I'll say, I'll either say something super mean, or, and not really mean it, or I'll say something dumb, and I'll be like, your shoes are dumb. Your shoes are so stupid. And so, so I actually really admire, to a certain degree, I admire when someone is just a little bit of a trash talker and can back it up. Like, like just a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Like pr- with professional athletes or, or uh, somebody in here with a lot of skill, people who've made lots of money, you know, and they can kind of back up their business, you know, beefy um, with people. And so they're like, oh, you like, like, you think that's cool. Like, I really, I, I admire that. That's some, and to give you an example, this was years ago, but the Avs had won two Stanley Cups and um, yeah, holla back. Somebody punch Luke in the face after this because he's a red. Wings fan. Not in the face. Not in the face. Punch him in the mouth. Okay, so. <laughs> so, so, I'm kidding, Luke. I love you. So, so Patrick Wall, someone had said something to Patrick Wall on the, on the, you know, a kind of, you know, saying, oh, and at the time, Patrick Wall was probably the best goalie in the league. And so somebody said something about him that he's, you know, not really all that tough and, and whatever. And he said in his accent, and it was so great. And he goes, well, I would like to listen to him, but I had two Stanley Cup rings plugging my ears. <laughs> and, and I was like, yes, like, I love a good, I like just a little bit of a trash talker. I love it. I love it. And, <clears throat> and in scripture, legitimately in scripture, and we know, we know that Jesus was nothing but holy, that he was holiness incarnate. We know this. But there's a side of Jesus, and we talked about this month, months ago, where he does have a personality. He is a human and we get um, this sense of Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. And I, I want to kind of bring it to life for us tonight and then speak into it. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to John 1. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry in John 1. He is at the, the beginning stages, okay? He's 30 years old. The Holy Spirit has descended upon him. He has been baptized by John. The heavens have opened, okay? And he is beginning to find his disciples. And it says this in John 1. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. And so Philip, like Andrew and Peter, okay, because they were already called, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come out of there? Um, Nathanael asked, come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. 
How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under a fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, um, you believe because I told you. And this is where Jesus, I, I can sense him getting a little froggy. And he says, you believe because I told you I saw you under a fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Jesus calls a man named Philip, and he says, Philip, come follow me. And Philip must have had some type of encounter with him where he instantly believes because he goes and he finds his best friend, Nathaniel. And he says, you have, like any good best friend, he says, you have to go and you have to come with me and see this man, Jesus. He is the son of God. I found him. I found him. I think I found him. And Nathaniel is, um, you have to understand that Bethsaida was on the opposite side of the lake um, from Nazareth. And so it's kind of like this, you know, warring schools thing, like LSU and Alabama kind of a thing, you know, where they're like, what good can come from over there? And so Nathaniel says, what good can come from Nazareth? And he's simply saying that because he's, you know, kind of just, just putting that place off. And Philip says, come and see, come and see. And so they make their way to Jesus. And while they're still a ways off, Jesus says, look at this man in whom there is no deceit. And he calls out his character. And, um, and I think what a wonderful thing to have said about you, right? Here is a person who is at no deceit whatsoever. And he says, how do you know me? And he says, I saw you, Nathaniel, when you were under a fig tree. And I don't know at what point Nathaniel was under a fig tree when he was talking, when he was praying, but something, something happened where Nathaniel understood that this man, this Jesus, saw him when he didn't see him. That he was omnipresent in some way and saw him when he did not see him. And Nathaniel takes a step back and a breath and he says, oh my goodness, you are the son of the living God. You are the king of the Jews. And I love this because then Jesus says something that has an implication for every single person in here. He says, you believe because of that? It's about to get real up in here. <laughs> I'm serious. Jesus says, you believe because I told you I saw you under a fig tree. You will, like, buckle up, Nathaniel. <laughs> You are about to see greater things than this because Jesus is God incarnate. You know, he's completely human, but he is completely God. And he's like, you think that is amazing? And he says this, and, and hear me, YA, he says, I am just getting started. You have seen nothing yet. And if you will follow me, Things are going to get real for you. If you will follow me, if you will come after me, I have things for you that you can only imagine, Nathaniel. If you will join me, if you will follow me, you will lead a life of purpose. You will see miracles. You will see uh, bondage broken. You will see evil spirits cast out. You will see people healed. You will see uh, revival. You will see great things. You'll see, he literally says after this, he says, you're going to see the heavens open up. I'm just getting started. And so my question for you is this. Do you believe that in your life, because this is the posture of Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, he's making a statement not just to Nathaniel, he's making a statement to everyone, to every believer, to every non-believer. This is who I am. I'm gonna get started and this is just the beginning. Do you believe right now, right where you're sitting, that with you, Jesus is just getting started? Do you believe that tonight? 
Jesus says, I'm just getting started. You, I've only begun to show you miracles. I've only begun to work in your life, Nathaniel. I've only begun to untie the cords in your heart. I've only begun. God is just getting started, young adults, when it comes to his work within you. And the reality is, is that for a lot of us in here, especially if we're natives, okay, is that there's a tension here. There's a tension because it's like, well, I'm not sure that this is totally true, Jess, because I've been in the same season for a long time. And so if he's just getting started, I haven't seen him move in a while. I haven't seen him work in a while. And if we were honest with ourselves, there is a little bit of a lack of belief with all of us when it comes to his capability in our lives. For all of us, my hand's up. We think that he is capable, but we're not totally sure that he's just getting started when it comes to our lives. That's not something that we would probably say about ourselves. There is a tension there. And I thought I'd, I would list out some symptoms, some ways that we can know that maybe um, we, you know, we believe in God and we come to church, but we don't really think he's just getting started in our lives. We don't really believe that. And the first symptom is this. We have a lack of of expectation. We have a lack of expectation. Isaiah 26 says this, yes, Lord, walking in the way of your truth, we wait eagerly for you because your name and renown are the desires of our soul. We wait eagerly for you. Why? Because he's the one that's going to answer your prayers. We wait on you. We have expectancy of you. We are expecting you to move. When is the last time that you opened up your Bibles and you got up out a pen and a piece of paper or a journal and you said, I expect you to speak to me. I am expecting you to move with me right now, Jesus. When is the last time you walked into young adults or you walked into your place of work and you said, I expect you, um, God, I would like for you to move in me and I would like for you to help me to minister to the people here. I expect you to move and use me, God, in this moment. When's the last time? When's the last time you prayed a prayer and you meant it and it was real and important to you, and you expected him to answer you. It was 2013, and I got the lead team together, and we decided that that year we were going to read this book called Circle Makers. And uh, the whole book is about praying prayers of faith and praying prayers of expectancy and praying them and circling them and not stopping until they come to fruition because the reality is, is that when you pray for something, a healed marriage a revived um, relationship, a ministry growth, a start of a new dream. When you pray for something and you pray and you pray and you pray, the only one who gets credit when that thing comes to fruition is God. That's it. And so we said, okay. And so we started praying and we said, we would like 300 people to come on the retreat. And about that time, we had about 250 uh, young adults. And so we would like 300 people, 300 people. And that year, we prayed for three months, four months we saw 307 people come on our retreat. Awesome, totally, totally, totally cool. Some of you in here are probably thinking what I thought to myself when it was all done. Because it got done and I thought, I did not, I did not expect enough. Like, like, I shot like for just right here. And he was like, oh, okay. I can do greater things than these. In January of this year, 
I walked out on the stage to do announcements. Doug was preaching, and I walked out on the stage to do announcements, and I could visually see that we had grown by like, like 150 some odd people for no reason. And I'm being honest, there was no reason for it. And I walked out, and I literally was like, what? Is, okay, I'm going to run away. And I was so nervous. And, and I get done. It was an awesome night. God showed up. It was incredible. I get done, and the next morning, Sean, our lead pastor, he texted me, and he's like, hey, I heard Young Adults was blown up last night. That is so awesome. Praying for you. It's so cool, Jess, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah. And I said, you know, it was totally unexpected. Like, and that's what, exactly what I wrote back. I was like, this is so unexpected. And he literally wrote me back immediately, and he said, well, Maybe it's time you started expecting more things, Jess. And so I am. This year, I believe that Red Rocks Church is going to have its biggest year of growth that we've ever seen. I'm expecting it. I'm praying for it. I say it. I preach it over us over Easter. I preach it over us over Christmas our events, the things that we're, we are going to see a year of fruit like we've never seen. Young adults are going to be um, raised up. They're going to actually um, participate in their community. They, we are going to bring the gospel in a new way. We are going to feel the light and the blessing of Jesus in a new way. I am believing great things for our community. I'm believing that we grow and that it blows my mind that we double in a year and a half. I am praying with expectancy because the only fool in this scenario is me if I'm wrong. And the only one who gets the glory, if we're right, is him. That's it. When did you stop expecting him to work in your life? And why? When there is a lack of expectancy, maybe we most likely aren't believing that he is just getting started when it comes to our lives. The second symptom is this. You believe in him, but you don't believe him. You believe in him, but you don't believe what he says. Sorry, I'm fixing my mic. Um, you believe in, I believe in God. I come to church. I believe in him. I, I, I know that Jesus is the son of God. I come. I, I, I'm participating. But you don't believe what he says. You don't take him at his word. In scripture, there's a story of a father whose son is very, very sick, and he's sick from an evil spirit, and this evil spirit actually causes his body to have seizures, and um, it's not like a medical type of seizure. This is something that's caused supernaturally, and it's so bad that the thing, that the spirit actually will throw the kid into fire at different points in time because it's trying to end his life, and the father is so desperate. He comes to Jesus and he's just a broken man. This has been his child's life, his entire life. And as a father, he just comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, please. And he says this, he says, if you can, will you heal him? Jesus responds to him, you guys. And some of you know the story. He says, if I can, if I can, and it's one of those moments where I sense Jesus and I feel his personality and I feel him getting a little bit froggy with this guy. Like, if I, I am the king of kings. I am the Lord of lords. I, am the, I created the stars. I am the person who is able to work in your heart and in your life in ways you could, you could only dream about if I can. And it, don't we come to us, some of us come to him this way. And it's, 
It's out, of, it's out of a couple different things. I'm wondering though tonight if it's out of, um, we're worried that we're gonna offend him with our prayer. God, um, if you can, I really need a job and I know you're busy and really, I know you have things to do. I know, I know, um, if you can, would you help me with this, God, amen. God, um, you know that my heart is broken. It's been broken for a while. And, and I know that scripture says that you bind up broken hearted people. And I kind of believe that about you, but my track record up until now hasn't been totally that. And so I'm not sure if this is your character or not, but if it is, would you please heal me? God, um, if this is, you know, if this is your will, God, if this is your will, you know what his will is, is that you ask for things. Some of us in here are way too timid in our prayers and we are way too weak in our belief about what he's capable of. And so let me ask you this. Right now, Jesus is just getting started in your life. Do you believe what he says? Yes, okay. All right, dude, I'm liking tonight. I'm liking everything about it right now. Ephesians 3 says this, it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more in us than we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all the generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you believe that he will do more in you than you could ever ask for or imagine in you? I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about here in you, in your life. Do you believe that he is just getting started okay 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 i'm not used to people talking back so this is kind of fun um okay it's cool i don't mind if you don't uh, you know what else but but uh it's fun when you do so so jesus says if i can if i can to this man and he says all things are possible for those who what The man says to him, the father says to him, he says, Jesus, 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 I do believe. And then he knows. I mean, he knows that this guy is the son of God. He knows that he's God. And so he knows that he knows his heart. And he goes, I do believe, I do. But here's the thing. Um, Help me in my unbelief. What if young adults in Denver, what if we said, yes, I believe you, I believe in you. But there are areas of my life, if I'm being honest, where I just don't. I just don't believe you. I want to believe you, but I just don't. There's been too much pain, too much hurt, too much worry in my life. I just don't believe you right now. Help me in my unbelief. What if that was our prayer? I believe in you, but help me in my unbelief. You know what this, he answers his prayer. He heals his son. Do you know what this story is all about? The fact that Jesus wants us to have faith, but if we don't have enough faith, we can ask for it from him how good is our god that he would give us faith to have in him it's a symptom if we don't have belief we believe in him but we don't believe him the third symptom and maybe problem and issue for us in not taking god at his word that he is just getting started in our life is that we do not give him permission 
We don't give him permission. God is a God who is always moving forward. In scripture, we are told that his uh, kingdom is constantly advancing. We are also told that he is sanctifying us from glory to glory. He is constantly in the process. He is a forward moving and forward progressing and constantly moving God. It is counter to his character to be anything but that, but he will not move in us without our permission. He can't because he honors our free will. So right now where you sit, maybe you're in a space where God hasn't moved in your life in a while. You haven't felt a move of God in a while. Let me just, you're wondering where he's at. Maybe tonight you need to give him permission. God is not able to do mediocrity. It's not in his character. He is incapable of mediocrity. The day that Nathaniel uh, met Jesus, the whole reason uh, that Nathaniel goes with him, the whole reason that Nathaniel has this incredible life, the whole reason that he, he experiences everything that he is able to experience is because he says yes. It's because he gives him permission and he says yes. God wants to do more in you, young adults, and he's just getting started. And God wants to do more through you. He wants to do more through you. I just read John 1. That's the beginning of Jesus's ministry. That's the beginning. It's, it's, it's so beautiful because it's a snapshot of God's character and what he's like at the beginning of his ministry. And then we get this picture of Jesus at the end of his ministry. The, the beginning is, is Jesus saying, and he's like, oh, you thought that was good. I'm just getting started. And then we get this snapshot at the end of Jesus' ministry, and he's telling his disciples, his best friends, that he's about to leave. And this is John 14, and he says this. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after you've been among me such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father in me, living in me and doing his work. Believe me when I say you that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least, Philip, believe in the evidence of the works themselves. Philip is a native He has walked with Jesus for so long that he's like ignorant to his movements. And he's like, if you could just show us God, that would be awesome. And Jesus is like, this is his friend. And he's like, you can tell he's hurt. He's like, for real? For real right now? Philip, this is about your belief, Philip. This is about your belief. Do you not believe In me, that the Father is in me and that I am in the Father. If not that, at least believe in the miracles you've seen, Philip. Have some belief here. And then he says this, very truly I tell you, and he's talking to all his disciples. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Did you hear that? I'm sorry. You may ask me for anything. And in my name, I will do it. Jesus is chatting with his disciples. And again, we see Philip and we know that Nathaniel's right with him because they are best friends. And Philip's wanting a faith builder like, well, just show me God. Just show me. And he's like, 
believe in me. And then he says this. He says, if you believe, you will do greater, you will do the things that I have done and you will do greater things than these. Do you know what he's saying to us young adults? Do you see it in scripture? The beginning of his ministry, he's saying, I am just getting started for you. I'm just getting started in you. I'm just starting to work in you. I'm just, this isn't even the best of what's to come. I'm just getting, like, this is just the beginning. This is just what I, I am at the cusp of what I want to do in you. I haven't even began to minister it to my people. I haven't even began to show them what I can do. I haven't even began to show them my works. I'm just getting started. And then at the end of Jesus' ministry, he flips it and he says, you are just getting started. Me through you. Jesus is saying, me through you. You're just getting started. It's just the beginning. Native Christians, Christians who've been Christians for five minutes, what I believe God wants to communicate tonight, and maybe your faith has seemed dry, your belief has been low, Maybe you've had low expectations. Maybe God hasn't moved in a while. I want you to be reminded tonight that God in you is just getting started. And through you, through you, for the sake of other people, is just getting started. And there's three things because I just don't want you to forget. There's three things and I just want to hammer home one more time. Number one, he wants to do more in your life. I don't want you to forget this. I want you to go home and I don't want you to forget this. I don't want this to be another church service and you say, you know, you raise your hands, whatever, there's like smoke up here, I don't care. Like, do not forget this. He wants to do more in your life. And maybe for you, this means asking some things you haven't asked before. Maybe it means asking for a job. Maybe it means asking for financial blessing. And you're like, oh, I can't do that because good Christians don't ask for money. No, ask him. Since when did God, or you're like, you know what? No, I can't ask him because look at what I've been doing for the, you know, and I haven't been being a good Christian and so I can't possibly ask him. Since when did Jesus ever ask us to be perfect in order to bless us? Do you know what he says? He says, I will take on what you deserve and you will get what I deserve. Do you know what that means? That you are kings and you are queens, that you are seated at the right hand of God. He wants to do more in you. And tonight, maybe you need to ask for him to heal your heart. Maybe you have not felt forgiven. You need to ask him, God, please give me the feeling of feeling forgiven. Maybe tonight he wants to complete a work in you. He wants to show you his favor. Do you believe him? Number two, he wants to do more in this city. Uh, It's you. It's not YA. It's not Red Rocks. Please. It's you. He's hurting for his people, and it's you that you have to be the ones to carry his message. He wants to do more through you for his people, for this city. He's just getting started, young adults. Christine Kane says this, and I love it. She says, there is no amount um, of lack of opportunity for the people who say yes to God. And so anytime he asks me, I'm just like trying, I'm just trying to say yes. Just say yes. There is no lack to what he wants to do here. He's just getting started in Denver, you guys. He's just getting started. Tell God back. 
I'm just getting started. And maybe I'm just preaching to myself tonight, but you need to tell him and you need to tell Satan and you need to tell your flesh and you need to tell the people around you and you need to tell the haters, I'm just getting started. Because here's the deal. All week I have been feeling, this is whatever. I told myself, I was like, Lord, if I'm just preaching to myself, it's cool. But all week I've been feeling like, we have made some huge strides in young adults in the last couple of months and it's been so cool. And there's the temptation and it's gonna be there for you too in your life to rest on your loins and say, oh, that's, you know, this is great and life is great and I'm not gonna explore anymore because I'm a native. I'm just gonna stay in the successes that I've seen up until this point. That's the temptation. And what I, the, the feeling I got from the Lord, um, Nick had written me a note after the conference and he said, Jess, he said, this is just the beginning. And something in me felt it so deep in my heart. Um, and so I started telling uh, God and I started telling Satan and I started telling anybody in my life that's telling me no, I'm just getting started. Yeah. And that's, that's what I want for you guys tonight and I believe that's what he wants for you guys tonight. And so with everybody standing up and every head up and every eye open, I just want you to get real honest tonight because it starts with an act of vulnerability. It starts with an act of submission. If, if you're in here and you're saying, you know what, I do believe in him. I do believe that he's God. I believe that he's the king and I'm gonna follow him. But there are some severe places where I don't believe what he's capable of in me and there, I don't believe what he's capable of through me. If that's you, raise your hand, my hand's up. That's every single person in here. Because why? We need to ask him for more faith for ourselves and for our city. And tonight during worship, I just implore you, get after it. Get after him. Ask him all the things you want to ask him. He has more for you. I believe it, even if you don't believe it. Let's worship tonight.